Yeah, I guess I never envisioned it necessarily being something this big. I think it started as something that was a passion, and and I think uh, there was just this fresh outlet what social media was at the time. Um, and for me, being you know a 22 year old in college or a 21 year old in college, seeing social media be such a big part of such a new and big part of my life and fly fishing be such a big part of my life at that point in time also um the two just kind of blended together and then every year it just grew and and our passion for telling better stories and really inspiring and educating more people about fly fishing uh, it just continued to evolve and grow and um, every year we've taken on a lot more knowledge a lot more content a lot more audience members so it's kind of just evolved on its own Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, a look behind the scenes of the fly fishing world, featuring insight from guides and gear reps, conversation with resort managers, thoughts on entomology, discussions on fly patterns and destinations, and plenty of fish stories. Most importantly, it's an exploration of this lifelong journey we call fly fishing. Here is your host, Mark Hopley, with this episode of Fly Fishing 97. Welcome to this edition of Fly Fishing 97 Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hopley, and today it's my pleasure to have on the program Jared Zisu. Jared's from Fly Lords, and uh, you know what? I've been uh, catching up on all things uh, Fly Lords on the net. Man, you guys got a lot of resources out there. Yeah, we're doing some some pretty cool things right now, so I'm glad you're, you got caught up. Tell me a little bit about how, how Fly Lords all started. Well, it started in my college dorm room in Swanee, Tennessee, uh, about six years ago. So it was freshman year of college. Um, and it just started as a passion for fly fishing and a passion for fly fishing content. And it started right when Instagram was getting big and we became the first platform uh, to share solely fly fishing stories, kind of like a publication in the Instagram and social media space. I did notice that uh, you guys have just about the largest uh, fly fishing following in the world, social media wise. It's it's been yeah, it's been cool to watch the everybody enjoy the content, and it's been it's been really uh, encouraging to watch it grow over the years. So, so did you did you just have a vision of this in in your dorm? You're saying okay, let's let's try and uh, I, I'm just curious how it all evolved. Like, where did it exactly start? Yeah, I guess I never envisioned it necessarily being something this big. I think it started as something that was a passion. And and I think uh, there was just this fresh outlet, what social media was at the time. Um, And for me being, you know, a 22-year-old in college or a 21-year-old in college, seeing social media be such a big part of such a new and big part of my life and fly fishing be such a big part of my life at that point in time. Also, um, the two just kind of blended together and then every year it just grew and, and our passion for telling better stories and really inspiring and educating more people about fly fishing. Uh, it just continued to evolve and grow. And, um, every year we've taken on a lot more knowledge, a lot more content, a lot more audience members. So it's kind of just evolved on its own. 
Jared, how, how did fly fishing start for you? How, how did you get into it? Tell me a little bit about that. Totally, yeah. That, that started my freshman year as well in college. So I uh, joined a volunteer fire department my freshman year in college. And uh, a few of the older guys on the department were fishing guides up in Alaska. And they took me to the river, showed me how to trout fish. There's a local tailwater um, in, uh, called the Elk River near uh, Suwannee, Tennessee, um, tiny little fish. Uh, and I just remember how hard it was for me. I think I went maybe like seven, eight times before catching anything. And there was something about that challenge and looking up to these guys on the fire department that really made me want to be like them. Like those were the cool kids in my mind. And from there, it just became an addiction. And I think I was addicted to being out in the wild and feeling the water going through my going over my waders and, you know, being able to feel the accomplishment of holding up a fish and being able to trick that fish into taking the fly. I think all that kind of put together really uh, made me addicted to that sport um, early on my freshman year. So who who um, got you into it and uh, kind of who are some of the people that you've learned the most from, Jared? I think that's something that I love about the sport is that no matter how many times you go out there, you you still learn. And that's something that, you know, even if I've been fly fishing a thousand times at this point, every single time I go in the water, especially when I'm fishing with new people, it's an opportunity to learn. In the, in the early days, it was, like I said, these guys um, on the fire department, they were guides up in Alaska. So they're very knowledgeable. Um, and I think those early days, those are the days that you, you're learning so much, like you're learning how to tie a a dry dropper on you're learning how to connect your tippet using a blood knot instead of a surgeon's knot you're learning how many split shot to put on you're learning you know why you're going to clamp your bar i mean there's just so many things to learn um there's definitely been a few people along my journey who have had a greater impact than than other people um another person that comes to mind was uh I had an opportunity to go do some saltwater fishing in the Seychelles um, with a guy named Joshua Hutchins. Um, his Instagram handle is Aussie Fly Fisher. Um, some some of the listeners might be familiar with him, but um, he was a really he had a big impact on me as not only a fly fisherman but as a photographer. Um, and yeah, so there's been a few people over the years, but no matter how many times you go fly fishing, I'm convinced you will still learn something every single time you hit the water. I think you're bang on with that. I know for me too, that's the same thing. You never stop learning. And I'm always drawn to things that uh, you can do a lifetime and never know at all. You know, um, I'm curious about your, your online magazine. So like, um, do you have lots of contributors? Uh, I think you mentioned off air to me, there's uh, maybe 10 people involved. Yeah. So the online magazine is kind of, I mean, we've had hundreds of contributors. Um, Some of the contributors are people that we reach out to and, and we might say like, wow, this is an incredible photo or an incredible story or an incredible video. Um, we'd love to, to have you maybe do a featured piece on Fly Lords for us. There's also a lot of stories that are submitted to us. Um, so yeah, I mean, over the last couple of years, we've had hundreds, literally hundreds of contributors. And I think that's something that comes back to define what fly lords is and we're really a community and we love sharing all these different stories from all over the world it might be a story about catching a six inch brook trout you know in the mountains of 
Vermont, or it could be about catching, you know, a 120 centimeter GT in Christmas Island or something like that. So we really enjoy the the diversity of, of all these stories. And um, we have an awesome little team that is able to put everything together and, and we're pretty efficient. So are you guys based kind of throughout, you know, the, the States or are mostly in, in one area? How, how does that work? Totally. Yeah. We're uh, right now there's, there isn't really a, uh, a big home base. And I think it's partially because first of all, I do a ton of traveling. So I'm probably traveling for over half the year. Uh, and then, you know, our main videographer, he's does a lot of freelance work in Brooklyn, lives there with his girlfriend, same with our editor. Um, we have a, one of our main blog editors lives all the way in Oregon. We have a blog editor that lives in Nashville. We have a blog editor that lives in Colorado. So we're really dispersed throughout the country. And it's kind of a modern day media company. As long as you have a cell phone and some Wi-Fi bandwidth, um, you know, you can, we can all communicate with each other really well. Well, it seems like you really took the bull by the horns as far as social media marketing. Um, tell, tell us where that talent comes from. Is that something you've always been into? You know, it's just been uh, a learning process, um, working hard, reading some interesting books. Um, there's a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm sure uh, a few people have heard about him that are listening to this. He's hilarious. Uh, there's a few other people that I've listened to that have been good mentors over the year in terms of just where social media is and where it's going. So yeah, it's been a lot of just on top of learning from these other people, just trial and error ourselves and, and testing things out. I also, the summer before my senior year of college, I uh, took an internship with Orvis um, up in Vermont and, and I learned a ton uh, as a social media manager for them for, for an entire summer. So that was a really cool experience. So now I, I understand your site actually helps other companies with that, right? Yeah. So we do um, part of our business on top of doing running this media platform and, and doing photos and videos for companies. We also do social media management and social media consulting. So that's something that we've really enjoyed doing over the years. And we've helped uh, quite a few companies out in that, in that realm. So now with all these trips that you're taking all over the world and all these great destinations, fly fish destinations, um, I, I assume you help people with that too, planning trips? Yeah, we do We do that. And um, right now we don't have like a, a structured booking platform. Um, we kind of just give advice away for free. And, and we have um, some great outfitters that we've been able to create relationships with and we'll send trips their way. And every week people will send us a, DMs saying, hey, I'm taking a trip out to here. Who do you recommend? I'm taking a trip out there. Who do you recommend to go with? And and people listening to this, like, feel free to feel free to ask questions. We're, I answer every single message that comes into our, our direct messages. Um, so we'll do our best to, to give you just free knowledge. Um, I think that's something that um, we try to take pride in. That's awesome. And I can tell just by your site, the passion behind all the articles. I mean, there's some really good information out there and it's it's free to the listeners so how do they find it online give us all your social media handles totally um i mean instagram is flylords facebook's flylords um the website is theflylords.com still trying to get flylords.com we have a snapchat that's been running for a long time snapchat's kind of lost its steam 
where we had people taking over and doing doing uh, like adventure fly fishing takeovers. I'd love to find a way to bring that back. We had a good following on it. That was also, uh, I believe, the Fly Lords also. Yeah, well, it, it amazes me when I, I start digging into your site, and then I'm, I'm seeing you've got clothing on there, too. You've got accessories. Maybe tell the folks a little bit about that. I saw some pretty cool uh, gear bags. Yeah, we're we're uh, that's something that we're striving to put out some some cool apparel, and uh, I think there's we have a long way to go before you know Flylers really takes off as an apparel brand. But it's something that we're really passionate about, and and we love seeing uh, people rocking uh, you know unique artwork that we collaborate with artists on. Um, a lot of our apparel also is associated with some, some good causes, whether it's donating to project healing waters. Um, we teamed up with a, uh, Japanese artist, um, who did this like shaku bear for us. And, and we give money back to educating people in, in Japan, the, the youth in Japan on fly fishing. So we try to have stories behind all of our apparel and, and we have some cool stuff coming out um, for Christmas. Yeah, that's awesome. We're chatting today with Jared Zisu of Fly Lords or theflylords.com. Uh, check him out on Instagram. Um, I, I got to ask you this question. So um, we talked about maybe influential people in, in your life as far as fly fishing and whatnot. Let me ask you this, Jared. If you could change one thing about fly fishing, what would that be? Hmm. If I could change one thing about fly fishing. I mean, I'm kind of uh, thrown into this social media and whether it's good or bad for the sport. And I kind of go back and forth in, in terms of what, people are trying to accomplish on social media and, and a lot of the, a lot of what that comes down to is posting pictures for likes. And, uh, sometimes I think that means people might be mishandling fish or maybe spending too much time with fish out of the water in order to accomplish the goal of, you know, getting those likes. So I think, you know, and, and we're a platform where, I mean, our traffic and our articles and our Instagram posts and our Facebook posts, that's all fed by engagement. So we, we want to put content out there that's going to engage people. But I think that it's almost becoming too big of a, a part of the sport is the grip and grin photos and maybe the mishandling of photos of, of these fish. So I think that maybe that's something I change. And, and I think we're, constantly striving to educate people on, on proper fish handling techniques. And, um, we recently did an article on this, uh, new underwater housing, uh, called the Axis go. Um, and I think that what's really cool about that product is it allows you to shoot some really engaging photos that where you can still get a lot of likes on them without having to take fish out of the water and, and hold them poorly and potentially, uh, hurt them, you know, put them back into their environment. Yeah, I think that's well said. I think that definitely is one thing I, I know I struggle with too with social media. But I mean, for good and bad, there's sure a lot of good that comes of it too. Just think of all the information that we share, and your site is such a such a great resource for that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I wanted to ask you too a question. So, as somebody that does a lot of traveling um, all over the world, pursuing uh, a fish with fly. 
Where's your go-to? Where's your dream destination? My dream destination, it's always the next trip that I have lined up. I I mean, I definitely have a few that that are, I'd love to cross off off the bucket list at some point. Um, There's also, I mean, very rarely do you book a trip to your dream destination and everything happens perfectly. You know, you catch all the species that you want. They're all the trophy fish. So a lot of times we'll go places and there'll be unfinished business and and we'll want to go back. Um, In terms of places that I'd still really love to see, um, I mean, catching a time in in Mongolia would be, it's definitely up there on my list. Um, I'd love to go to Cuba. I'd love to go to Japan. I'd love to go, I don't know, there's there's definitely a few places on the list. those are kind of a couple that, that come to mind right now. Have you spent any time in Argentina, some of those famous lakes down there? Yeah, we've, we've done some, we've had some awesome trips um, in Argentina. I think that's probably my favorite place I've been to in South America at least. And, and um, we spent some time in Jurassic Lake and we're actually heading back there in, in, in November. you got to tell me a little bit about that. Jurassic Lake, um, so we, we fished with a, um, there's two outfitters there. One's called Jurassic Lake Lodge. One's called Estancia Laguna Verde. We personally fish with Estancia Laguna Verde. Um, the owner of that operation, this guy named Lucho, is like one of the nicest guys in the world. You email them, he will get back to you super quickly. And he is, you know, they're extremely, I mean, you're driving a couple hours from the Buenos Aires airport I think it might be like five or six hours. And the last like hour and a half or two hours of this drive is on like one of the most insane dirt roads you've ever been on. It's almost like torture because, you know, if if you've ever been in a car and you're on like a road that's unbearably bumpy, you're just, you're so glad to get off that road and back onto a paved road. I'm sure everybody's kind of been to that point. This one just goes on for forever on that. And then you finally get there. And when you get there, you're greeted by, you know, an insane, a beautiful, really well put together. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. It almost looks like a, I mean, I'd like to say like a space station, but that doesn't make any sense. If I was like living on like another planet, like, like Mars, this would be like, it has like metal roofs, uh, like low built concrete. I mean, this this building needs to survive like a winter in this desolate, super high up, super high winds place. Well, Jared, tell me about the weather there because it looks crazy windy there every time I see any footage. Yeah, it's crazy windy, and and if you're lucky, you'll get some nice sun that comes in. Um, I think the guys there were saying the windier it is, the better the fishing is. But yeah, it's it's gnarly. Uh, but I think that that's part of the the whole adventure. Um, is going to these places and experiencing these, um, I don't know, unique parts of the trip. Well, it, it looks like moonscape, you know, and, and t- tell us about the fish that you're catching there. What, what kind of size are these uh, rainbows coming in at? Yeah, they're, um, they're huge fish. Um, there's not an insane amount of them, but they're there, and, and you'll definitely get into some amazing fish. Um, there's one tributary that leads into... Jurassic Lake, and it's uh, called the Barrancosa River. 
And if you're there during the right time of the year, which hopefully will be there in November, we'll get some of these fish starting to run up the river. Um, and it's supposedly going to be pretty incredible, but I think you, we will be able to get some of these fish on mouse patterns um, in a river that's, you know, 15, 20 feet wide and the rainbows are pushing, you know, 10 to 16 pounds. Yeah. It's just that that's mind boggling to me. I, I, that's on my bucket list. Sorry. I didn't mean to go off on a tangent here, but I just wanted to actually hear from somebody that's actually fished it. And, uh, it, I see that as being a big part of your business. Hey, Jared, with the, uh, the adventure consultation, like, you know, if I want to plan a trip, there's lots of information on the internet, but to actually talk to somebody that's been there, actually walked on, you know, the property and, and understands it, that's huge. Yeah. I think if we ever do decide to go into that route of, of helping people book trips or, or really launching like a fly Lords adventure consulting business, I think we would really only ever want to book places that we've been to just because you said, like you said, if you, I mean, that's really what you, that's what you're paying for is, is to have the experience of talking to somebody who's been there and can tell you like, as soon as you get off the plane, this is what you need to worry about. These are the taxis you need to take. This is how many socks you need to pack. This is how many flies you need to bring this is the guide you should ask for when you get there. Don't order this on the menu. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's really important and, and having a, a trip that somebody's already taken, um, especially if this might be a trip someone might only take once in their life, so they want to make sure they do it right. You know what I liked about what you said earlier? Your favorite trip is your next trip. Where did you say you're headed off to next? Um, so we will be, I'm heading up to uh, the Adirondacks um, actually tomorrow. We're, we're uh, shooting it. We have a little shoot with Costa up there, and then um, I head straight up to British Columbia um, at the end of the week. So I'll be up there for, for two weeks. I always like to ask my guests this, um, and now they don't always come to mind readily, but you got any crazy fishing stories or anything kind of weird that's happened to you out there on the water, Jared? We're actually going to write up an article about this soon, but uh, having to use the restroom when you're out in the wild on some of these fly fishing trips, I think always makes for an interesting story. And I think I've, I've learned to uh, embrace it, especially being in some of these places, you know, like the Amazon or if you're out on a flat boat all day. Um, there's one story when I was in Christmas Island where it was like a super windy day. And I think my guide was like looking for trigger fish or something. And, I took a few steps back and, and had to go to the bathroom. And for some reason, I thought the, the uh, tide was moving one way because the wind was blowing so hard. And I was almost positive that the what was coming out of my body was going to be floating in one direction. And it ended up just floating straight towards my guide. And it was just like a big turd floating straight towards my guide, getting carried in this current. And I remember having to like scream, scream in the distance to tell him to like dodge it. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's the story that comes to mind for me. <laughs> You're killing me, man. You, geez, that's the first time I've heard that one. But you know what? These are the these are the things when you're in the middle of nowhere and you've got no amenities. You got to make the best of what you got. And let's face it, that's when some of the craziest things happen, right? I'm I'm kind of curious, like what what's your home waters? So in other words, um, you know, without giving too many rivers or lakes names away that are maybe top secret, where where do you spend most of your time fishing? I I really wish I had more time. I'm like 
one special place that where I could go and relax. And I, I'm, I hope I can find that in the next couple of years. Uh, I feel like right now, every, every trip I take is business oriented and, and I'm there to shoot content. And that being said, some of the local trout streams, I mean, I grew up in, in New Jersey and, and also that, that small tailwater in Tennessee on the Elk River. I think trout definitely is, is feels like home for me and, and it doesn't necessarily need to be big fish, but um, I like being a place where I'm alone and, and um, yeah. So, I mean, there's some, some trout streams in New Jersey and Tennessee that feel like home for me. Cool. Yeah. I always think it's nice to have those home waters, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not somebody that travels obviously as much as you do. It sounds like you do it all the time, which is pretty cool. Cause you're always seeing new water and I'm sure you, you probably learn a lot, uh, hitting these uh, new places. Yeah. It's every, like I said, every, every person I, I go and I fish with, it doesn't matter w- what the fishery is. If we're, I mean, I fished with a guy in, uh, in, Thailand for these tiny little um, Asian masseer and they literally looked like 10 inch carp and and I just remember how stealthy that guy how how stealthy we needed to be to catch those fish and you know stand I mean we were standing like six feet off the bank of the water trying to make our cast into these pools and and you take the methods that you learn there and you bring them back to a trout stream in New Jersey and it's really cool just picking up little tactics mm. everywhere we go and yeah. and yeah I think that overall will make you a better angler. If you look back over all your time spent creating fly lords, all the work that's gone into it, what's the single biggest kind of takeaway for you since you started this? The single biggest takeaway. Like by that I mean like what's the the what have you learned by 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 this this journey you've been on? I mean, I think I'm, I learn a lot about the people that are, are drawn to this sport are, are so unique in their own way, but I think they all have so much in common, this passion for the outdoors and for these fish. I mean, they're just crazy about these fish and the environment. And, and um, so I don't know. I think it's been really eye-opening just to experience all these different people really get this getting to spend time with these different people in these different areas about something that they're extremely passionate about and how fly fishing just brings it all back together. I know that's a really vague answer, but <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, fly fishing to me, it is a universal language. No matter mm-hmm. where you go, everyone speaks it. You know, our, our audience and our fans are, are really what make us, and the only reason we've been able to get here today. So we're extremely grateful for everybody who follows along. And um, if anybody has a, a cool story that they want to submit to us, um, feel free to send that in to our email um, content at the flylords.com. Uh, we'll take a look at it. And um, yeah, we look forward to being able to inspire and educate more people in the future. And, and thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Jared. That's Jared Zisu of Flylords. The flylords.com is the website. Uh, Flylords on Instagram, Flylords on Facebook. Thanks so much and good luck in the future. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or a topic you would like to hear on the show. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time. 
tight lines, and we'll see you on the water.